2: Welcome in, Rob Black from Your Money, a show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Back in the 90s and early 2000s, a show dedicated to tech stocks and growth stocks and beating the market. But as we age, we all start having different perspectives. I think where I can help you the most is getting you to retirement, or at least starting on the way. We've got a big seminar coming up January 24th with CFP Chad Burton talking retirement. Retirement is going to happen for all of us if we don't kick over dead before then. And it's something you have to realistically think about. So January 24th, Palo Alto, the Elks Lodge with CFP Chad Burton. You just heard him here on AM 1220 KDOW from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. with his show. CFP Chad Burton, how are you today? I'm great. How are you? (laughs) <laughs> you know, we've done this for 20 years and that's never worked well. How are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> it doesn't sound authentic, does it? Just,
3: a, just assume I'm great, right? <laughs> just assume. Maybe we just
2: jump into it in the future because uh, I think that just cold water might be better. Um, new year, new dollar, uh, better saving options. One of the questions that you get all the time is, "What should I do in various scenarios? Regular 401k, pre-tax 401k, Roth IRA." There's a lot going on. Endless options. Endless, endless, infinity pool of options. Um, What's the right answer? Is it different for every single person? Is there a crystal ball? Is it something you just you go for the average and you're you're good with it?
3: Well, it's age. It's your tax situation. Are you straddling a bracket? Are you behind the curve on retirement planning? Are you ahead of the curve? Are you on track? Uh, do you have kids? Those types of things. So, you know, I've got some different scenarios we could cover that can give people a basic idea of what they should be looking at.
2: Straddling a bracket sounds dirty. Is that something that I did when I was younger?
3: <laughs> oh, you'd only bring taxes there. Okay. <laughs> fair enough.
2: Fair enough. Let's start with being young. Let's go after the, yeah. the the children out there. The children,
0: the children.
3: What do well, we need to know? So typically, you're young, and you get that situation. I had a question late in the show in the last hour. Um, okay. Hey, I can, I can barely afford to save enough money into my 401k to get the match because I'm paying off my student loans. Sure. Yeah. Um, that tells me that income is pretty low, and you're probably at a very, very low tax bracket, much lower than you're going to be in retirement if you're starting out young and saving. So typically in that situation, Rob, I would tell people put the money into the Roth side of the 401k because the tax break is very small. You won't miss it. Put the money into the Roth side of the 401k and enjoy tax-free growth, get the match, and then use all your other funds to pay off your debt. The one situation that you have to be careful of, though, is are you and your family qualifying for the Savers tax credit or any kind of earned income tax credit or additional child tax credit. If that's the case, then you would wanna put it into the pre-tax side of the 401k so you can reduce your taxable income to get those credits. So as you do your tax return, it's a perfect time to ask the CPA, the enrolled agent, um, or model it in TurboTax, if that's what you're doing, on, on what route you should go. So it's it's not always a no-brainer go Roth 401k when you're young. If your income is really low, you might be giving up some credits if you do that.
2: Okay, so we've got young in place, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, early 30s, that's when I met my beau. That's when I started having children. Uh, that's when I kind of started stretching my legs, financially speaking. Um, Anything I need to know in my early 30s?
3: Yeah, assuming that's the point where your debt's paid off, your income comes up, and you can finally afford to save more money beyond the 401k match, that's when I typically tell people, put enough money into the 401k pre-tax bucket to get the match, and then take your next $6,000 that you can save, open a Roth IRA. Take the next $6,000 that you can save and open up a Roth IRA for your spouse. And then if you can afford to save even more than that, go back to the 401K, max it out at 19 grand on the Roth side. Um, that way, your majority of your savings, you're getting as much tax break as you can, but the majority of your savings is going in to the Roth, which is going to grow tax-free for the rest of your life.
2: Now, what's interesting to note about that, and again, we've got a big seminar coming up, do you have anything written down on what to do in your 30s? Because everyone I know in my 30s, they're like, hey, it's going to snow soon, we should go skiing. They're not... Opening a Roth as a second account on top of a 401k, they're not thinking after the match, what do I do you, It's kind of complicated, isn't it?
3: For a 30 year old. It is. I, you know, the, people used to have this idea, hey, I'm going to retire when I'm 65, right? And the, the, the term retirement to a millennial sounds like you're dead and old and sitting in a rocking chair on a porch and, you know, on the country somewhere. Um, so I'm kind of like that too, where I, I know I could have, gosh, I probably could have retired now if I spent less on snowboarding and boating. But those are my memories. Those are something that I'm not going to be able to do when I'm you know, 80 years old at the same level I'm doing now. So it's balancing your saving with your you know, making of memories. you still got to make sure you're putting away at least 10%. Um, but the, the idea here is that we got to get some money that hasn't been taxed, some tax-free money with The Rock. You have to be able to blend your different tax situation, and you could have six-figure income and pay almost 0% taxes if you do it the right way in the future.
2: So you can meet CFP Chad Burton this January 24th, 630 to 830 Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com. There are some downloadables there that you can go get some more information at. Use the code RADIO25 when signing up to get in for free, especially if you haven't been before. These are good events. Let's talk about the scenario where you're 40 and you look Mm -hmm. back and you go, man, I wish I would have started 20 years ago.
3: You're making better income, but you're still not wealthy. Right. Yeah, if you're 40 and you're not on track, just go pre-tax into the 401k and get the tax savings, put that into a Roth. But if you're 40 and you're on track, meaning you've got four times your pay saved up in your 401k right away, or already, not right away, but already, but the question is, do I go Roth or pre-tax on the 401k? Because you can put in 19 grand. That's the person that might be straddling the tax bracket like we talked about. In other words, they might have you know $10,000 that's up into the 24 bracket, 24% bracket, but the rest Says twenty two percent or less, so they might blend it and say, "I want ten thousand to go in pre tax into the four hundred one k. I want the other nine thousand to go into the Roth side of the four hundred one k. And then they're going to go fund a Roth for uh, on top of that as well. So that's that's the age where you start making your, your higher end of your earnings in your forties and fifties, and where you have to pay more attention to your tax brackets as you creep up the line."
2: All very good stuff. This is all in your head, which is very, very cool. Now, what if you're 40 and on track? You you didn't get married. You did save. You did max out the 401k. How do you know you're on track?
3: Well, yeah, like, the, you know, the four times save. So it's really, let's say you get to four the, times your age. The, the, next, the next age is, let's say you're 50 and you're on track. Okay. And your kids are now out of college. You have all this extra money all of a sudden that you, I can afford to save more than what's going into my 401k. You can put in 25 grand in your 401k. That's a lot of money for most people. Okay. So on that, if they put in 24, uh, 25 grand into the 401k, they can do a Roth IRA at 7 grand for themselves, 7 grand for their spouse. If they can afford to save even more on top of that, you can go back to your 401k and do after-tax contributions and convert it to a Roth inside the plan most, a lot of plans are allowing that now, Rob. So that's the next step in savings is what's called after-tax contributions, where the plan, you know, on a monthly basis or every time you add to it, it automatically converts that from the after-tax account inside the 401k into the Roth account inside the 401k. It's called a meg backdoor Roth. Microsoft, Cisco, Apple, they all have that option now. So check it out if, if you're trying to save beyond your 401k and your Roth. You are the best.
2: People can meet you Thursday, January 24th, 6.30 to 8.30 in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. 6.30 to 8 p.m. is the event. You can sign up for it at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Thanks, Chad. Running
1: up my Chad. making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. This
2: isn't one of the songs that I know. Usually we try to pepper the show with I don't know, cutting-edge stuff, but "Asta Hasta luego about as much Spanish as I know. I'm not very good at Spanish. I'm so, so sorry. I grew up, if I'd grown up in California, I'd be better. Grew up in a military family, so I was overseas in Europe a lot, where Spanish wasn't all that popular. So Apple offered a new battery for $29 in 2018, because there was this battery gate kind of scandal. It previously cost you $79 to replace your battery. And, you know, when your phone was $400, $79 was a big cost. A lot of people just said, I'll just go get a new phone. I've dropped it enough. I've probably loosened the chipset or something along those lines. Apple said that they replaced 11 million batteries through the program. And normally they would have replaced about 2 million. So it was really popular, and it kept older phones still useful. It's one of the problems that Apple faces, but Apple faces plenty of problems the $29 battery replacement program is over but it quietly reduced the price for battery replacements so now in 2019 to replace the battery on an iPhone it's 69 bucks. the older model $49 it's a pretty big scandal for Apple you know how do they respond how do they keep their name when they were th- uh, throttling down your phone so that it kind of made more sense with the bad battery. So there's that drama that goes on. Jamie Dimon's out there today saying the shutdown could reduce economic growth to zero this quarter if it continues. That'll cause stocks to sell off. Dow gave up 100 points on concern about China trade talks. Donald Trump hosted the national champions, Clemson Tigers, for the mighty state of South Carolina at the White House and served them McDonald's. Probably what they would eat, he said. Now, I grew up a high school athlete 30 years ago, and I can tell you there were no (laughs) uh, lunches or dinners that were McDonald's if you wanted to stay anywhere near on the edge, right? So these are the type of stories out there right now that are kind of getting in our mind, Mint.com, who I signed up for years ago, still sends me emails and unusual spending on groceries, unusual spending on business services, unusual spending on food and dining, large transaction just posted to your account. I'm like, I haven't looked at Mint in years because I've got a, a much more industrial, robust version of it now. I should close that because that's a lot of information going on around about me, right? But the big story of the day is not Jamie Dimon saying that the economy can go to zero growth. And stall. If this political maneuvering of the government shutdown and holding the employees of the federal government kind of over the fire, we're already starting to see like the lines at TSA get really long. Delta and American Airlines have come out and said this is this is affecting travel. Netflix, though, is the story of the day because boom. I know you're saying that was a transition. Boom, bingo, Jenga. I'm supposed to yell something, right? Boom. Netflix is raising prices. Now, do you think the stock's up or do you think the stock's down on that news? I'll give you Uno Momentero to digest this. You got Disney coming out with a service this year. You got a lot of people saying that hey, we don't exactly need. Ooh, we can do it ourselves. You got NBC doing something kind of mysterious. So Netflix is raising prices in the year that they're going to get more competition. And it equals 13 to 18%. And I'll tell you what, Disneyland raised prices, or Disney raised prices for the parks 13 to 20%. And it pissed me off. I'm like, families can't afford that. But the demand is so strong, Disney can get away with it. Speaking of Pirates of the Caribbean, Pirates of the Caribbean, they're the Pirates of the United States. They're the Pirates of theme parks, right? They can get away with it. Why not? Netflix, can they get away with it? Well, I'll tell you what, the stock's rising. The stock is rising. And there's a new comedic. There's a new comedy special coming out on Netflix today that I want to see. So they they had me at, you have something that I want to see. The rate hikes constitutes a jump of 13%. Wall Street loves this. The new prices take effect immediately for new customers. Existing subscribers can be grandfathered in over the next three months. Previous rate hikes have had little effect on subscribers and have traditionally pushed the stock higher. The extra cash is going to help Netflix's huge investment into original shows. And I'll be honest with you, and again, this is where I just sound like a uh, like uh, like a 16 year old just smitten in love. They, 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 they have what we want. They have something that we want, and then I need it. And I gotta have it. And when you're 16 years old and in love, and your dad's lecturing you about finishing your broccoli, and you're like, no, dad, you don't understand. She's dreamy. And dad's like, you don't use words like dreamy get out of my house. So that's when I packed up and I left. Fiction, not true story. But anyway, um, Amazon's coming out with competition this year, more and more. Um, There's a show on Amazon that I want to see, but there was a show that I, I did watch, Beautiful Boy, on Amazon Prime, and it was only on Amazon Prime, and I don't understand how, it seems like Amazon and Netflix are really, really going after movies before they're released and signing them up after they've been created. Uh, through all the big shows, the big winners. So Amazon, Disney, and Apple all are going to do something. There's talks that Apple should go after a a movie studio to try to keep the heat on Amazon and Netflix. Streaming incumbents like Netflix, HBO, and Hulu have faced increasing pressure from new entrants. Yesterday, not today, but yesterday, Comcast said it would launch a new streaming service in 2020. Disney set to launch one later this year. It's the fourth time. And again, with Comcast, you're like, streaming service? Don't you have cable TV? You're going to come up with a product to compete with cable? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. See how this is getting interesting? Netflix was the best performing of the so-called Fang stocks last year, up nearly 40%. And again, it's on fire. The roof, the roof, the roof is on fire today on Netflix. Wall Street likes price increases, Especially if they think you can make them stick. Biggest cost for Netflix is labor, is uh, content, right? And the labor that costs to put it together. Microsoft's in the news. They're somehow getting into the healthcare Walgreens Boots Alliance develop new healthcare delivery models, technology, and retail innovations to advance and improve the future of healthcare. Everyone's looking at Amazon right now. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, talking markets, investing, and more. Stay with me. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up on the 24th in Palo Alto. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. Use code radio25 to get in for free.
1: Making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Fun times to be an investor. Start of the year, fresh start. More room in your 401k to expand. Maybe you have a Roth IRA option that you're considering and thinking about. Do it. Look into it for sure. Let's bring in Patrick O'Hare from briefing.com. Once you've picked some investment vehicles, you've got to get some investment strategy. And a good place to start is briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
4: Good morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. Thanks.
2: So the page one that you write each and every morning at briefing.com is kind of turned into kind of a little bit of a political watch every day between China and the United States. And sometimes, what did Trump say and not say? But we're starting to move to earnings season, which is my favorite time, where we focus on, you know, to tell the truth, so to speak. Every 90 days, companies come out and and fess up. Uh, Your article this morning started with JPMorgan Chase. How did they do? Because they're a big, important financial, or at least they used to be.
4: Right. Well, you know, the so relative to the expectation that was set by analysts JP Morgan Chase uh quote disappointed now um okay. to back away from that and you look at how they did relative to a year ago you have you know ample reason to think that they did reasonably good. Net income was up 67%. Uh, Earnings per share were up 85%. Net revenue growth was up 4%. So J.P. Morgan, you know, didn't have a, a, quote, bad quarter. It just didn't perform up to the high expectations or higher expectations that were in place among analysts. And so you're seeing the stock back up here a little bit on some profit taking. And it's important to keep in mind that You know, JPMorgan Chase, like the broader market, has made a a huge move since uh, Christmas Eve. It's up about 10% coming into today's session. So when you get a headline that comes in short of expectations, it kind of leads, uh, I think, uh, investors to uh, move to take a little bit of money off the table off of what was arguably, um, you know, an overbought condition on a short-term basis. And that's the same rationale, I think, that applies, you know, relative to the broader market,
3: too.
2: I'm looking in at your stock market updates and the opening bell and everything that we're taking at this moment um, inside the stock market. J.P. Morgan was a big one. Uh, but Netflix Day raising prices, that's that's mm-hmm. kind of a positive story. It's kind of getting back to what you and I do and not the doom and gloom of Russia and the doom and gloom of oil. Um, it's feeling a little bit perkier these, these days.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it struck me, and I have to go back and dig, but I I, I remember several years ago, Netflix, you know, said that they were going to be raising prices, and I believe the stock tanked, you know, when that happened because there were concerns about the ability to, you know, to pass through that price increase. And I think it was done, you know, uh, obviously um, post financial crisis, but during a period where economic growth was was not living up to expectations. And so I think it prompted some concerns that, you know, its consumers were not going to pay up for that price increase. But um, but. Quite a different reaction today. The you know, stock has reacted uh, very positively to that news. And you know, Netflix has certainly established itself as kind of a go-to source of entertainment and even a must-have source of entertainment. And the behavior of the stock today in the wake of the news that it will be raising prices you know, is a reflection of the market's belief that the, you know, the company is in a position to be able to pass through that price increase uh, with relative ease, and that, and that ultimately you know, is going to help you know, drive their top line and, and, as well as their bottom line. So, um, so it's a nice reaction today. It's exactly what Netflix would want to see, I think. And I think it's a, it's a good sign or good statement about uh, the consumer's perspective on, on the need for this must-have entertainment.
2: It's interesting that you note that, because you're saying the timing that Netflix did is is special and an an interesting part of the story. I started cutting the cable maybe a year and a half ago, and now I'm completely into it. And it it was the content of Netflix that reassured me that I didn't have to have cable TV. I know that's like a really odd thing to talk to you about, but if we're having a beer, I'd be like, no, really, it's awesome. Um, And it is, you know, it's an addressable financial issue in the sense that, you know, trying to save money is just as important as trying to earn money. But I digress. Um, Back to your page one today and the overall market. Inflation, the producer price index, came out for final demand. It declined two-tenths of a percent. It doesn't seem like inflation is a big story. Does the Federal Reserve agree with me on that? Or... Is inflation percolating in ways i don 't see really other than a little bit in wages
4: well I think the the Federal Reserve is coming around to uh, to that perspective um, i don 't think they would ever uh, acknowledge that it's not a not a big story because, you know inflation is part of their dual mandate and the you know Price stability, so Federal Reserve uh, is always going to be consumed with you know with inflation data. But I think to your larger point, Rob, and what you're saying does does resonate here. I mean, you've had um, you know we saw the consumer price index out last week, and that was really the more telling number between uh, between the two. But uh, you're seeing a moderation in consumer price inflation, and uh, you know we saw uh, some of that uh, today in the producer price index. You know, uh, a, a good chunk of which was you know, owed to the drop in energy prices. Um, You know, and obviously energy prices have have picked up of late, Um, but, you know, I don't think that you're not seeing a lot of um, pass-through showing up in the consumer price index. Right? I think we had CPI up just 1.9% or so year-over-year, which is running slightly below the Fed's longer-run target. And, you know, knowing that is is one of the things I think that is, you know, convincing the Fed here that it should be more patient-minded with its policy approach. And and that's why we're hearing, I think, more Fed officials these days trying to – you know, temper their own views in terms of the ability to raise interest rates in 2019, are acquiescing to this idea and to to the market's viewpoint that the Fed can afford to be patient in raising interest rates because, you know, uh, one half of the um, uh, you know uh, of the Fed's dual mandate uh, isn't throwing off um, you know any alarm bells. Now, I say that with the caveat that obviously, you know, individuals will take exception to that based on their own unique needs. You know, if you're in a position where you're um, having to pay for a lot of, you know, prescriptions and uh, and need to go to the doctor a lot, um, you're not going to agree with the idea that inflation is under control. But, you know, the Fed looks at things as a whole, and it will use the... PCE price index, which is part of the personal income and spending report, as its main inflation gauge. But uh, it's certainly, this, the consumer price index um, feeds into this, um, into this wider view that inflation overall seems to be uh, in check at the moment.
2: Sounds good. Is there anything else that you're working on that we should be paying attention to In the the markets and investing, again, starting off your page one today, it's a little concerning. J.P. Morgan, a little bit of a miss. Delta Airlines, a little bit of a warning. Sherwin-Williams, a little bit of a cut of an outlook. It feels like corporate America's coming down, but the stock market's looking for good news. And when it sees it, it rewards it. Is there anything that you're working on that that might be good stories or good things for us to sink our teeth into?
4: Well, you know, Rob, I think it... it The market's going to kind of divulge for me this week, you know, what do I ultimately write about in the big picture? Coming on Friday. I mean, you have the Brexit vote this afternoon, which will be interesting to see how the how global markets react to that. Um, and then, by the same token, you've got you know a, a growing current of companies that are reporting their earnings, and and watching the market reaction to that is really going to be be key because um, you know what we're trying to ascertain right now is whether any bad news uh, is has already been reflected in in stock prices. Um, I'm not just. You know, we just don't have any closure on that at this point in time, but the the price action is going to dictate for us um, whether that that is the case. I'm going to be paying close attention to that and could potentially step in with a comment uh, in relation to that, you know, later this week for the big picture column.
2: Thanks very much for joining us. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com. He does kind of a dual thing. Page one for briefing.com, which is it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the start of the day. Everyone kind of wants it a little bit of a cheat sheet, whether it's opening up the newspaper or turning on Bloomberg or starting with briefing.com's page one, and it gets you going. Then briefing has other things like the in-play, and when you click on in-play, you can kind of see what the breaking stories or upgrades or downgrades or maybe some of the headlines you can see some new IPOs when they hit. It's a pretty good service. Um, and unlike Netflix, they don't raise their prices all that often. So Wells Fargo's earnings conference call, Wells Fargo, obviously big in the news um, with mortgage production and mortgage loans from the past. Um, also, a lot of, I'm not going to use the word fraud, but some legal or some iffy decisions by the company with trying to get customers to sign on for more categories uh, of credit or loans or things along those lines so wells fargo is still very much so licking their wounds and one of the things they're doing is cutting expenses so that's at briefing.com another thing at briefing.com dave and busters dave and busters have you ever been to dave and busters it's video game playland it's got a great ticker symbol play Um, last year they were struggling this year. They're doing quite well. Um, and they've got some easy comps because last year was so difficult. Is it a stock you should look at? I don't know. It's, it's not for me. Uh, David Busters has deployed new front desk ambassadors that help guide guests experiences. They do these RFID enabled power cards. They do video games and beer are two of their products. The video games aren't big moneymakers, but the beer, big, big moneymaker. Um, so that's one thing that Briefing does. You can find them online at briefing.com, the service I use. Um, you can find out more by going to briefing.com. Big seminar coming up January 24th in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. You can sign up for it. It's the first one of the year at Rob Black's show and use code radio25. <laughs>
0: Me, will I come on to you? Visit Rob
1: Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Have you ever gotten
0: to
2: the point where you realize you are your parents? I remember being a small child and driving on Saturdays and Sundays with my dad because I never saw him really during the work week. He's one of those guys that got up and went to work really early. And oddly enough, I'm a guy who gets up and goes to work really early. So my weekends were all about you know, trying to please him in some way, shape, or form, whether it was playing soccer or driving around with him as his little buddy in his, his truck as he went to pick up nails and hammers and things like that, things that he didn't really know how to use, but that he was intrigued by anyway. So I've become my dad. I now care about weather. I listen to the news when I'm driving. <laughs> A lot of times I listen to the financial news Monday through Friday. Weekends I'm listening to international news or something else, you know. Um, we become our parents. Don't become your parents when it comes to investing because we're very, very different. My dad worked for the U.S. military for 30-plus years until they kicked him out. They didn't kick him out because he was a bad guy. They kicked him out because of age. They kicked him out because he had done his service. And at that point in time, he had made full colonel. And it looked like he was never going to make general in large part because being a general, you can't piss off very many people. You have to take – there's enough people that you have to play the game with. And uh, it was something I learned, right? Did we not all learn something from our parents? So anyway, my father retired and has a great pension, but he died shortly thereafter. Went into the private sector for a little bit. Made some good money, better money than he was making in the military. But a uh, heart attack revealed that he had lung cancer. And a lung cancer revealed ultimately that he got into his thyroid. Thyroid got into his brain. Boom, over. Um, I hope I'm not like him on that level. But I do feel, you know, there's some comparisons, right? I've become my father. Netflix breaks out to a three-month high on reported price hike. Not on reported price hike, on the price hike that has come out. It's not, I guess it's reported by them, yeah. So, that's the right way of saying it. Um, Pricing power best exemplifies the strength of Netflix. So, they're able to keep people. Netflix has essentially replaced the traditional cable bundle for younger generations. There's a lot of talk right now on Bird Box was a good movie, was an awful movie. What was it? Um, but it felt like a box office movie on some levels. Uh, but I did notice there was um, a lot of indoor scenes. Indoor scenes are a lot cheaper to produce than outdoor scenes. Just throwing that out there. I'm kinda, i kind of I kind of know my way around Hollywood. More bad news out there for PG. The big electric utility that's in trouble in California. Stock down another 28%. Two big downgrades today. No one sees how they're going to pay off their stocks, shareholders, common stock shareholders. No one sees how they're going to make right the bondholders. It's just so much liability. And, you know, Sacramento has done... It has sucked up to them on some levels and said we know that you can't go bankrupt we know that something has to happen and we'll try to make cut down your liability in the future but this is a now situation not a future situation and I could say higher rates coming Sherwin-Williams not painting a pretty picture with lowered guidance for fourth quarter dang you Sherwin-Williams they're lowered 5% and they're basically saying 2019 not looking great Fourth quarter performance was disappointing across the board relative to its outlook. I don't get to go to a lot of Williams-Sonoma, but they own a lot of different properties. So sales for its consumer brands and performance coatings groups fell short of expectations. Store sales rebounded somewhat in December. They didn't provide a lot of color, so it's tough to get kind of a, a feel for it. When they do report, you pay attention to the construction remodeling uh, markets that they talk about. They're trying to integrate Valspar, which was a major acquisition for the company. They're trying to look for synergies. A lot of competition in the home improvement stores from Home Depot and Lowe's um, who have been very aggressive on pricing. And you know those companies have the advantage that they sell lots of other items that brings in good foot traffic where they could also sell paint wildly profitable business. So Apple admits that the iPhone battery replacement was way more demand than they thought. They thought 1 to 2 million batteries would be replaced over 10 million were. And it tells you that people want it to want to hold on to their phones and make good financial decisions. You know, a $600 phones pricey. Let's keep it a third year and make it $200 per year. An odd story out there. There's a video game streamer. He's got a wife and a four-year-old kid. And uh, he just got a donation of $75,000 while playing. His name's Exotic Chaotic. He plays Fortnite on Twitch for money. And you try to get a lot of followers. It's common for video game streamers to get a buck or $5 or $10. Um... And typically, you go through PayPal. But at one point in time, he's playing, and someone gave him $75,000. That's a lot of do re me. So he didn't believe it's real. He's streaming his game. He quickly pulls in his PayPal account, and he sees that it was legit. Too legit. Too legit to quit. Um, And he basically said, what the... And it's a dirty word. I know. I can't say it. So, but, you know, I was thinking... So the dude freaks out, and a fellow gamer named King Mascot gave him the money $75,000 for streaming a video game. And he's like, I I gotta protect it because my wife goes out and works full time. I got a four year old son. Um, To be that happy about $75,000 is pretty awesome. Uh, Ninja, Tyler Ninja Blevins once got $40,000 as a donation. This is, you're playing video games and you're streaming it, and somehow you get $75,000. Woohoo! That's a good happy story. Let's end on that. Come see me at a seminar in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, January 24, 630 to 830. I'll talk stocks, investment, ideas, and much, much more. Those are pretty colorful events. Yes, they are rated PG thirteen or higher. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show, use code Radio25. Come on in. I will wait, I will wait for you.